Anna, why don't you yeah, uh, just... There are, a, you know, there are a group of people, and, you know, in some ways I think every mother can look at this day, and there's a good part of you that's like, yeah, bring on the chocolate. But there's another part of you that's like, oh, it, it almost hurts, and you almost want to sit and lament all the things that you are not. And, you know, honestly, you need space and time to do that. You need space and time to do the lament, to sit and, and think, you know, all the things that I wish that I was that I'm not, and all the things that um, I am but I wish that I wasn't. But what I want to encourage you to do, and Aaron and I are going to demonstrate in a second, is that, you know, we're going to take that, take that moment of lament and then we're going to give it to Jesus. Because it's, that, it's in the hands of Jesus that we start, that we are allowed to lament, honestly, and that you can start to invite Jesus into that and he's going to turn it into thanksgiving. He's going to help you turn that lament into Thanksgiving. So I just had this, you know, the what the God's not perfect thing and you got the African preacher guy up there. And so what we're going to do is I want you to look at you person beside you. You could be a boy, you could be a girl, whatever you are. And I want you to, to give the person beside you a fist bump and say, God is good. So, so I'm going to say, God is good. Fist bump. All the time. All the time. God, God is, is good. good. We kind of suck at that, yeah, don't we? We kind of do. <laughs> so on and so God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen, right? So God is good. And you know, the, ener- the, the sort of the enemy that we found of, of parenting and I think of, of mothering and that, that whole journey, as, as Anna would describe, is, is that, uh, that quest for perfectionism, that perfectionism thing. Wouldn't you agree that that is... Mm-hmm a huge challenge, uh, just some of the ideals that we hold ourselves to. I mean, we've got this picture on the screen, this perfect super mom. How many of you have achieved that, by the way? Just, yeah, okay, so just a few. Yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome. So really, like, the height of, of mothering, the whole thing of being a woman can really be summed up like that, is that what we're saying? Uh, <laughs> it's just that, it's just... You know, we had a little title for this, this section. What we've what we sort of done is we've sort of broken down uh, some of this experience into, into three different areas of, of struggle that, that we felt. And some of it is just around uh, the practicality of, of being a person. And we wanted to entitle this section, although we couldn't really do it, uh, How to Keep Your Together. <laughs> you know, uh, it's that sort of quest for for perfection, and some of that is in the home, and some of that is wherever. But tell your story of uh, through the fly lady, through um, through the the laundry bomb. Maybe mm, so you know what, Erin uh, and I had Jack when we were a little older, which um, you know, in hindsight, we sort of thought, you know, what well, we were crazy. We should have done this when we liked staying up all night. But um, he was about three weeks old, and we're starting to catch our groove. We're, we're getting in there, and, you know, it's the evening, and it's cozy, and, we're the, you know, the laundry is stacked around us, and the TV's on, and we're just mellow, and Jack's, you know, relatively content, so it's, it's a good moment. Um, uh, Jack uh, was like projectile vomit baby, and, um, you know, when I left the house, I used to look down at my shirt and say, it's not that bad. <laughs> But, um, you know, in typical fashion, I, you know, I just had 
brand new pajamas on, everything smelled good around me, it was lovely, and Jack upchucks all down the front of me. Yeah, like, you know. And so we had had the laundry all done. Like, it was one of, you know those moments? We were starting to fold it, actually. Yeah. It was going to get to the drawer. You know those moments it. where you think you've got it under control? <laughs> right? You think you finally nailed it? So, vomit. And you think, well, it's, you know, it's vomit. So, I peel off the yuck and pass the baby to Aaron. And, he, you know, he proceeds to poop in his pants. And you're like, well, okay. Not me. The, no, not no. Aaron. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> And, um, you know, like all good parents, they're like, well, poop, I should deal with that. And uh, so Aaron starts to, you know, like, we're a little lazy. We didn't take him all the way upstairs to the rubberized room where, you know, you could actually clean things. And he just peels the diaper off. We have a diaper there. It's not going to be good. How many of you guys know this is, you got to wait till the kid's done? <laughs> just, just saying. Newbie parent mistake. And then Jack wasn't done. And Jack, you know, went on to... Like, I did it the worst ever, right? Like, like just to, just to, just to, just to tell you, like, I, I lined it up perfectly. Like, you couldn't have lined it up better. Honestly, I'm, I'm over on this side. We're sitting on the couch. And I'm like, we're tired. I'm changing the baby over here. And he's lined up at me. And he's lined up at Anna. And he's lined up at all of the laundry we just folded. <laughs> In about 15 seconds, we went from having it pretty good, it's pretty mellow, it's nice, it's quiet, to like... (laughs) He projectile pooped over everything. Everywhere. (laughs) Everything, man. And in the end, you have to laugh. If you don't laugh, it's not a good place. But the laughter is huge, and you realize, oh, wow, I so don't have this together. Poop. Nothing inspires panic like poop. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's about the silly stuff like laundry and, and all of the details. This is, uh, this is Anna at a high point. Um, no, it's actually not her, but it's a picture I took off Google. Um, but, uh, I relate to that woman. You know, sometimes it's, it, it, it is about those just the practical things, the logistics. But, you know, sometimes what's overwhelming is something that's really, really serious stuff. It, it's really hard stuff. Uh, sometimes it's sickness, or sometimes it's financial worry, and sometimes it's it's the really serious struggles of life that go beyond a pile of of dirty laundry. And uh, and as they're sort of figuring out how to how to speak into that, how do we live as as Christians with kind of this you know an eye on perfection and and a wanting to do it right, and lots of that sort of pressure from culture and media and parenting magazines and everything like you should just look at I I mean I don't look at Pinterest very often but if you look at Pinterest and child's room and you get all of these sort of perfectly painted sculpted room like it's just not even right you shouldn't even look at that stuff Uh, because life just isn't really like that right Uh, but the Bible speaks to the imperfection the Bible speaks into the mess really beautifully. I'm just going to have Anna read uh, this passage from 1 Peter for you. Okay, so 1 Peter 1, verses 6 to 9. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined or through refined though refined by fire there's not an r there maybe prove genuine and may result in praise 
glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And when we just unpack that passage just a little bit, um, we, we just look at this, this, this phrase, which is actually kind of a hard phrase sometimes. These trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. And you kind of imagine, like, so is this God testing me to, like, does he, do they really love me? Like, that's sort of what you could take from that, but, but that's not really what it means when you look at the, the passage in its context. It's these griefs comes to you, but there's a way of having a different goal in the grief than not having the grief. The goal isn't to not have the grief in, in lives. Did you know that in Christianity, our goal isn't to not have grief? The goal in, in Christianity is to become like Jesus. And so we wouldn't say theologically that God smites us with things to transform us. That's, that doesn't sound like the heart of God. But we, we, we live in a world that's imperfect. We live in a world that is, that is broken, where uh, free will exists, where the kingdom is ever advancing all around us. And in the meantime, it's messy. But anything that's messy and anything that's bad and every, anything that's evil can be redeemed by your transformation. So you can choose in the moment of the messy laundry and the poop on everything and the pain and the struggle of, of trying to keep your together. And, uh, and, and you can either become embittered or you can, you can be transformed. And that's really a choice for us. To choose to allow God to redeem us. And that's how we deal with suffering uh, in, in the world. By, by choosing to let God uh, transform us. And choosing to let God make us new. And so that what the enemy meant for evil in that God turns to good. Right? What the enemy meant for evil, God turns to good. And so there's always this choice when, when the mess is on uh, to say, God, will you make me new in this moment and will you enter into this suffering with me? And, and that's where the hope comes from. So it says, uh, though you've not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with a inexpressible joy. So our joy comes from the hope of the coming of the kingdom in its fruition. Our, our, our greatest joy and our greatest hope is really looking far beyond our present circumstances and looking towards an eschatological hope, an end-of-time hope, realizing that this life is but a moment and that God comes and in eternity makes all things new. And that is where we find uh, the great hope and joy. Uh, from in the midst of the suffering, we look towards the future. Did you have any thoughts on that, Anna? Okay, so, you know, I always get a little lost when he diverts from the notes. <laughs> Hi there. Um, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you here? No, no. No, no. no. Um, so so what, we're, what we're really saying here is that an important antidote to the pain that the perfectionism causes 
is perspective. The antidote to uh, that, the weight of perfectionism, that weight of that pressure to have everything right is this idea that God ultimately uh, is, is working with a bigger plan than we can even see. And that he's working on things in us that we, 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 we can't even really see what's going on. It's just a, an opening ourselves to that process. Right. I think I know. Yeah, that's very, you're right. I was pointing to the right I'm thing. Right. I know where we are. Okay, so I had, um, you know, actually before motherhood. So this is, um, you know, it's a profound moment in my story, honestly. It's fun. I got to tell my story. Um, what, uh, we're a young married couple, and um, we're doing church. And I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe this will be a shocker to you, but uh, church can be really hard, and people don't always choose nice things. People don't always choose to say the nice thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we're called to do, right, is to forgive for all the rotten things. And I was in a rotten spot, honestly. You know, it's this little, I love Jesus, but all you all, I don't know about you. <laughs> and um, the Lord really challenged me um, in, this, in this time. And it's over, a, you know, a, a period of time, right? And he challenged me, first of all, I realized that if I wanted to keep Jesus all to myself... Just keep him in my little bubble, just right here in my little bubble, that suddenly he was gone. Because Jesus is always going to the poor and the broken and the people that were making me mad. So, you know, like repentance is a gift. And if the Lord brings you repentance, receive it like a gift because it brings you life. Okay, so repenting and all of this but anyways somebody was praying for me at some time and uh, you know I think it was I even at church which is so weird but I had the greatest vision you know maybe a defining moment of my life honestly so you know what this vision and for money I used to sew wedding dresses and so I was there I was the girliest of girls and man this vision was the throne room and it was beautiful you know, it was color and light and gorgeous. And I was looking at the bride of Christ at the back of the church. And I was, you know, I was admiring my dress because I was awesome. And I was admiring the church because it was beautiful. It was heaven, right? And I'm looking around and then suddenly my eye goes forward. And at the end of the aisle is Jesus and the look that he had on his, in his eyes will forever change me because I realized that it was perfect love. That the smolder that he had in his eyes, Aaron will never have. <laughs> the, you know, there's no Disney movie that can describe it, but the passion that he has for you to walk down that aisle towards him, that every day is another step towards Jesus, is indescribable. But it's perspective, right? I could decide that, you know, I really want to keep Jesus in a little bubble here with me, or I can choose to walk towards him and to go where he's going. We wrestle with perfection around, of course, our, our kids. 
Um, we wrestled with it around, uh, around parenting, around um, how we manage our kids and how we do all of that. And how they do. How they do. The report card, does it really speak about them or does it speak about me? And did I get a good grade on that uh, science fair project or not? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's one, of those, one of those wrestles. But tell, tell a little bit about potty okay. training. So we have we, Jack's permission. We do have Jack's permission to tell these stories. I may have to, to buy stories. him off with actual money later, but he said yes, we could tell the story. He actually said, like, do I get any money for you telling these stories? <laughs> so it's, uh, Yeah, he's learning. Yeah. Um, so he was about three, and he was super cute, as he still is super cute. But, um, you know, the wrestle to teach your kids to do something that they don't necessarily want to do. And that for Jack was peeing in the potty. So, uh, you know, it was what, there are some moms and their experience is awesome. And, you know, like, my, they just did it. They just did it. And, you know, I, I celebrate that. Honestly, that's really exciting. But if you are the parent and you are in the struggle of your life, it can be like death. Anyways. We did everything. It was like years. It felt like years of everything. You know, it, it I, wasn't. We'd stick them on the toilet, like and there'd be a song and a dance, and I would get up the puppets, and we'd be happy. We'd try Skittles. Putting, there were a lot of Skittles. There were a lot of Skittles and gummy worms involved, and there were Cheerios in the toilet to try and aim at. Like we did everything. We, we we did the target practice thing. How many of you tried the target do. practice thing? We tried, and nothing. He refused flat. He would just sit there and cry. And I was, you know, Jesus, am I asking him to do something that he's not able to do? And should we call the psychologist? Or, you know, like, who's <laughs> going to need the therapy after this? I don't know. We needed the therapy. We needed the therapy. And, you know, the pressure to keep on asking the question, you know, it's like, I'm going to invite you into this because, buddy, toilets are awesome. And eventually. 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 Like, uh, he was about three and a half, and we were really close to calling the psychologist. But eventually... Because we're crazy. We're outside in the backyard, and, you know, I've suggested that he wear the Bob the Builder underpants, because that's who was cool in those days. And he has Bob on, on, and he's, you know, peed down his leg again. And I was like, you know, you really could just go inside and pee. And he's like, maybe I could. So I changed him up, and we back outside playing again because, you know, you don't want to let that run around your house. I learned that. Um, and it's, all of a sudden, it's like this look on his face changed in an instant. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I was like, we gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> and literally this dear one of mine in an instant decided that he could do it. And what, the whole perfectionism thing is really funny because the story is about him. He waited until he could do this perfectly. So we went from disaster to he did it, never had a mistake. I, you know, I walked around with clothes for him for quite a while. He was good to go. Yeah, he never made a mistake after he decided to do it, which was, which was amazing. And, uh, frustrating. And very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> very frustrating. But, you know, the passages that came to us as we were sort of wrestling through all that, um, is, is out of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, and I'll just read this one. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may be long-lived on the earth. Fathers, and I put in brackets mothers, do not provoke your children to anger. Uh, instead, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
And, uh, and I just realized that the, the challenge in, in the whole thing and trying to get your child to a place of, of achieving something that, that you want or learning something that you want is really not in, in the push and it's not in the drive and it's not in the method. It's not in a trying to achieve perfectionism, but it's in a balance between these two things um, that, um, that you are to o- help your children obey to teach them to honor. And it says in Proverbs, it says, uh, you know, we don't like to talk about this. We could get uh, arrested or something, but spare the rod and, and, and spoil the child. We didn't use any rods on our children. We just want to make a little disclaimer. But it's about there's, a, there's an importance to discipline. And then the scripture is also very clear. Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children. Or, or in the uh, Colossians passage, don't exasperate your children. Don't exasperate your children. So there's this strange balance between uh, discipline and leading and teaching your children and not exasperating them and making them embittered and making them uh, provoked to anger. Uh, now, sometimes it's, it's inevitable to make your children angry. That's, that's going to happen. But there's something in me that, that has a tendency to push too hard. And Anna's the good cop. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's always true. It's not always true, but always. but uh, you know I mean, we did have a famous altercation over jam that uh, we'll tell you about sometime. But it feels like to me like an important antidote to perfectionism is balance, isn't it? it it's a balance between learning uh, discipline and how to lead your kids and how to uh, provide an environment that's safe for them and a, and a space where they can choose to follow. And so, uh, and so that for us has been the, the struggle. That's been the challenge. And, that, and, and keeping that perfectionism out of the mix as best as we can to try to balance that sort of discipline and learning and, and all of that with, um, with creating that safe space uh, has, been, has been really important. Um, and, and I guess the other area of, of struggle uh, for us as a, as a couple and in terms of learning and growing and, and parenting and all of that is is around this uh, relationship that we have with one another and, and Anna told beautifully this story of <laughs> the smolder which she yeah which she didn't tell, tell the backstory well you can go ahead and the the funny part is before this this movie came out tangled where this image is from uh, but uh, she looked at me this one time and she just said how come you don't look at me with those smoldering eyes anymore <laughs> Man, do you know you're in trouble when your wife says something like that? Like, I mean, don't look at me with those smoldering eyes uh, anymore. And uh, and uh, well, I've got the video here, but audio is not going to work. But there's this great scene in this movie, Tangled, where where he just gets this, and it totally flops. He ends up falling out of his chair, and uh, and 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 it doesn't work. And and you know what? You know, part of part of us in our relationship is just realizing that. In the way we love each other, I'm honestly never going to be able to love her in a way that is, is perfect. And, and she has to realize that. And, and, and as much as I, I do, I love her so passionately. I know that, that I can't provide all of, all of her needs. That all of her needs are ultimately provided by that image that she shared so beautifully earlier. By the look of the father. The look of the bridegroom in her eyes, the way he sees her and the way he loves her. I mean, I, I, you know, I would, 
did you know? You want to tell us about this, honey? Okay, maybe. When I see the other day, I was like, you never play with my hair. He's like, what? Okay, <laughs> another one of those. You never play with my hair anymore. I play with my hair. I play with your, own, your hair all the time, he says. I was like, no, you don't care. I'm going to cut it off. That's what I said. Yeah. So, in my mind, this is playing with her hair. You love it. And in her mind, this is this playing. Is, I'm being petted like the dog. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know this. I didn't I'm know this. being petted like the I'm dog. Pl- I'm playing with her head. And if I'd done this, she says, you have to get the hair between your fingers. And that's how you play with the hair. So, hey, uh, come on. And so, you know, we, we, you know, we're learning to solve these things as a couple together. But we know, you know, we know we can't do this perfect. The foundation of our marriage is that this doesn't work, right? This is the foundation of our marriage is that we know that, that we're not enough for each other. We really do. And we know that it's all about Jesus and all about uh, his, his perfect love. And so I, I think it would be great to just read this. Uh, again, I've got the video there. It's, uh, you don't have the audio, so we can't play it for you. But uh, um, you know, why, why don't you read uh, 1 John, sure. Anna? Okay, 1 John 4, 12 to 21. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We realize that the quest for perfection is really something that comes down to our, our old religious nature. It really comes down to this fundamental understanding in our hearts that we know is a lie from the enemy that unless we get it right, we aren't loved by God right? Unless we get it right, we're, we're not loved by God. And we just know that time and time and time again, the scripture draws us away from that and tells us something different. That ultimately, the, the perfect antidote to the fear that comes from perfectionism, and that's what it really is. It's, it's fear, right? It's a fear that is pretty deeply held, that if we don't get it perfect, that, that we will be rejected by one another, that we'll be rejected by our kids, that we'll be rejected by our community, or that we'll be rejected by God. That ultimately the, the antidote to, to that perfectionism is, is us finding our identity in Jesus. Finding our identity in him, finding our identity at the, at the foot of the cross. And so that's always, always our struggle. Anna, maybe you could tell a little bit about 
sort of what unfolded in your life after you had that revelation of the Father's love, maybe around some of the health stuff? Sure. Um, so, yeah, the eyes of Jesus draw you forward. And some of the things that are, you know, your current state of brokenness start to fall off. And um, I'm a type 1 diabetic and have been for almost, uh, for 29 years now, almost 30 years. And so this, uh, this is happening in my 20s and uh, what had been a 10-year journey at this point. And I had done enough to stay alive. Uh, I never um, put myself in the hospital. I, you know, was able to walk with enough grace to not die. But was I thriving? Was I living in the fullness of what Jesus would have for me? And the answer would be a solid no. Um, so around this time, same time, you know, we have this vision of Jesus drawing you forward. I have some dear friends leaning on me and saying, I have a great doctor. You know, what do you think? She's even a Christian. Would you, would you like, consider? And, uh, you know, I like, you know, the fear that rises up in your stomach. You think, I can't handle the, the look of you failed again. With that fear of failure again, right? Yeah. You failed a... again. The glass is on the end of the nose, you know, and you, like the numbers are bad, babe. You're not going to survive this. This, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And she, she leans in a little closer. I have this doctor. I have these tools for you. Anyways, and so I got it together and you muscle your way into the doctor's appointment. And she does. Like, you know, we go through the history and there's, you know... <laughs> failure just written all over it right and this this dear woman reaches over to me and before she says a word she says let's pray and the moment of grace that that was for me was amazing it's transformative it went from something that i am unable i'm unable to do let alone do perfectly to this let's invite jesus into this struggle and let's walk together and see where the lord takes us and all at the same time that this you know like we had this gift of this wonderful woman this doctor um i also had my sisters at church praying for me and you know it was this it's just like this re-emphasis of the smolder at the end but uh, this one woman in particular would pray for me and it was like the holy spirit a tickle me almost well kind of literally I would sit there and I would giggle but I realized you know after you know she she caught on pretty quick like you know if you can go like this to somebody and they start to giggle this is Carol Arnett do it over and over again right and um what I realized is that in this tickling of me the Lord was showing me that all those years of failure all those years of not being able to walk through it perfectly but it didn't change what he, how he saw me. He still saw me as this lovable, wonderful person that he had made. And that his heart was not like, oh my goodness, dude, you've like wasted 10 years of your life, 10 years of your most productive years of your life. He just saw, I really like you, and I think you're awesome, and I'm just the biggest champion of you coming closer to me. And, it, you know, in the end, so you, the perfectionism falls off, and you're like, it doesn't matter, because
because Jesus loves this. He loves this hot mess. He loves this hot mess. And it's about this journey towards him. Yeah, yeah. So that's our prayer for us uh, as, as a community is that this would be seen as, as perfect. God invited into this. God invited into the mess. God invited into the imperfection. That uh, we would really be people that, that don't see our ideal in perfect performance, but we would see our ideal in intimate relationship with the Father and that our identity would be in him. Let's just stand together. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Uh, we know that you're here. We know that you're present. We know that you're touching uh, some of us. Uh, so many of us with different struggles and challenges and, and trying to keep it all together and trying to keep it all right. And, and uh, we just confess, Father, we actually repent of trying to perfect our way into your presence. We see that as religion and we see that as pride and fear and sin. We, we cannot perfect ourselves into your presence. Uh, we can only accept your presence. So all over the room this morning, Father, would you let that repentance happen in hearts? Let it happen in our hearts. That there would be an, an invitation coming from each soul here for you to enter into lives in a new way. I pray for, uh, Anna, would you pray for uh, people to receive that vision of the Father's love, those eyes of the mm -hmm. Father? Jesus, I, I love how you show individuals individual pictures that have meaning for them. And that's what I'm asking for, Lord is that you would speak the language of each heart here and show again and again how much you love them. Would it be relentless in its message? And that even when we want to cast it aside as, you know, I've heard that. Yeah, I got that one, Lord. That you would say, no, no. Just, just come, and come closer, come closer, look at me. For each person, Lord, would you speak that deep, deep into their hearts? Would you let every person here who in their hearts is just saying and has said, I'm not good enough, just receive the affection, the felt love of the Father. Mm -hmm. Come Holy Spirit and pour your love out. Pray for anyone here who has never uh, accepted your love, who's never accepted <coughs> you. To just invite you in. And Father, would you just bubble up in our hearts with hope and faith that we would have perspective that in the hard moments we would have balance and that in everything we would see our identity as being founded deeply in you.
Would you bless our precious congregation? Bless our precious people. We would all know you more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.